Welcome to Collateral Gaming, the only video game podcast that matters, where we focus on good games, bad games, and everything else in between in the world of gaming. We are recording straight from somewhere in South Texas, or I guess I should say I am recording somewhere <laughs> straight in South Texas. And yes, my friends, we are a 420-friendly podcast, so whatever you have, smoke it if you've got it. And today's another solo one. Yep, it's just me here by myself. Um, I was just really, really excited about this game, and uh, I don't, I don't think anybody else played it except for me. But that's okay because I've got a lot to say. And uh, yeah, last time we did a solo episode, it was also a game launch episode. That was Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity last season, and I think that turned out okay. But I don't know. I haven't really got any feedback on it. Sounded all right to me, though. So, here we are again. I am going to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy. And, man, I am really excited to talk about this. So, again, published by Square Enix. Unclear if it takes place in the same universe as Avengers. Uh, but this time it is being developed by Eidos Montreal. Uh, and that is, uh, of course different from the Marvel's Avengers game, which was done by Crystal Dynamics. So that being said, this game is, well, it's quite a bit different. I don't, I don't know if we really should have expected it to be similar. Uh, you know, in, in a surprising turn of events, they ended up deciding to make this game a single-player game, even though the Guardians are a team. Uh, this is a single-player adventure. Uh, it is a very linear, chapter-based game. But how does it hold up, you know, again, compared to other superhero games just by itself, compared to the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise of movies directed and written by James Gunn? Uh, what are our initial thoughts? Well, we're here to get into them. Of course, this podcast episode will be without any spoilers because the game just launched. So as is typical for our game launch episodes, we are, I am just just going to be going over, you know, kind of our first impressions. That being said, I have completed the game. In fact, I'm on you know, midway through my second playthrough of the game, making different choices. But um, yeah, here we are. So there actually has been another Guardians of the Galaxy game that was done by Telltale Games, you know, behind the Walking Dead series. Uh, the Wolf Among Us, Tales from the Borderlands, the Batman Telltale series. And of course, that game is very similar to the those types of games. This is quite a bit different, but it does still feature the aspect of being able to make choices that will impact the storyline. And I that is actually a big part of this game, is you play specifically as Star-Lord. And if anybody remember this being announced at E3, then you got to witness that. But you play as Star-Lord, and the other Guardians are selectable via a menu. Or, or you can they can go in and kind of do what is similar to like a support action. That being said, core gameplay relies on being able to uh, use the other Guardians successfully and build momentum and, and switching between them. The cooldown between abilities actually uh, is not too long, depending on which ability you have, but none of them seem to take very long. So it is actually kind of nice being able to uh, 
alternate between each character, uh, all of which specialize in different things. But mainly you are behind the visor of Star-Lord, Peter Quill. And yeah, it's a lot of fun. You play, you know, shooting his element guns in this game, which in addition to shooting lasers also end up using uh, elemental abilities like ice and lightning or uh, wind or plasma. Not a uh, not really a, a spoiler because if you go look in the ga- in game control menu, that that's all said there. But uh, by holding down the L1 button, you actually have the ability to uh, pull up the Guardians menu and uh, bring in the other Guardians. Of course, I'm speaking with the PlayStation controls. I played this on the PS4. It is also available on Xbox One, PS5, and Xbox Series X and S. I expect that it probably plays a hell of a lot better on the current gen consoles than it but it, I thought it played well enough on the PS4 uh, more into that later as far as execution goes there's also a cloud version available via switch so if uh, you'd like to take this game on the go and you don't mind having to connect to the internet to do so you can do that but yeah um so, and the other Guardians also autonomously act. They're constantly fighting alongside you. The AI seems to be pretty okay. I haven't had any major issues with it. And every once in a while, you'll even see quick time events where you can mash a button in order to use a Guardian. Uh, sometimes that's necessary to progress, and particularly in, in one boss battle. But how does it play? Is it fun? I gotta say yes. I had a blast, a hell of a time playing this game. Um, specifically, the combat is really refreshing. I never felt bored of it. In fact, I was constantly waiting for the next battle to get to try out uh, all the attacks, and and it's actually quite a bit of fun. Combat never feels like a chore. In between combat, you've got um, even puzzle-solving gameplay that relies on using different Guardians' abilities, such as Drax being able to use his strength to carry things and push and pull things or break holes in walls. You've got Rocket, who can go move through access hatches or activate uh, control panels, not dissimilar to the way that droids work in the LEGO Star Wars games. <laughs> Uh, you have Groot, who can create bridges for you and also lift up platforms. And you have Gamora, who can slice things. She can jump up and, and slice ropes. She can uh, slice things in front of her. She can jump into a, and, and stick her sword into a wall to give Peter a boost. So all of the Guardians have abilities inside and outside of combat. Inside of combat, you know, Gamora is the character that you'll more so use to... Uh, take down enemies she actually deals the most amount of damage out of the other guardians whereas Drax focuses on staggering enemies which allows you to deal more damage Rocket sends explosives everywhere so he's really good for crowd control and then of course you have Groot who specifically uh specializes in specifically specializes and there you go his, his abilities specifically pertain to immobilizing enemies. Uh, also a bit of crowd control, I guess, you could say in that aspect. And even some healing abilities. Although I don't want to say more because I feel like it would spoil, 
you know, a pivotal moment in the game. Every guardian has unlikable, unlockable abilities, which, you know, as you gain more experience and, and earn ability points, you can unlock. And then there's a specific point in the story for each guardian where they'll overcome a sort of character arc and that unlocks a final special ability. And Star-Lord is actually among these. He has his own abilities. By clicking down the left stick, you access his ability wheel, uh, which uh, also gives you additional actions to do and has cooldown time. His abilities include being able to activate the jet boots so you can hover around above the, the battlefield and give out orders. It's more useful than you even think it is. I mean, you kind of avoid taking damage that way, and it's easier to get a better vantage point. He has a rapid fire attack that deals heavy damage. He has a surround attack. He also later on has a shield ability, a defensive ability. So kind of a, a well-rounded character, so to speak. And that's why it makes the most sense to play as Peter. So in addition to being able to fire his guns, he also has a melee ability. And he also can use his jetpack uh, as sort of a double jump and glide type ability. And then, of course, you have the dodge mechanic, which also ends up using the... Uh, I said jetpack earlier. I guess I should say jet boots. They're jet boots. So Peter also has a visor ability, not dissimilar to the way that detective mode works in the Batman Arkham games, or I even might liken it to the Metroid Prime series because you sort of scan items and, uh, and you can even scan uh, gain the ability to scan enemies. There is also an upgrade tree that's available well not really a tree it's a set of upgrade abilities uh, that rocket can craft for you as you collect resources and these will help uh, boost your health and shield they will unlock new abilities they'll make uh, you know negate cooldown things like that it there's a lot and a, lo a lot of stuff to do in this game there's various collectibles that are uh collectible <laughs> throughout the adventure and when you pick up certain items you'll even get a chance later in the milano to speak to the different guardians about which in between some chapters you'll spend some time in the milano and you can get to have extra conversations with the guardians and, and learn things about their past particularly when you inspect some of these items there's also an entire compendium of characters, factions, enemies that are uh, that is available for you to catch up on in case uh, you do feel a little bit lost in the story. Like the Marvel's Avengers game, this game, this title takes place in its own separate universe, uh, and while the characters definitely seem very heavily inspired by the MCU, they also take some cues from the comics and are their own thing. For instance, Peter's dad is an ego in this version it's the it's jason you know from from the, as in the comics the the king of spartax and that's actually part of his backstory which you start to piece together speaking of backstories this is not an origin story obviously we've seen the movies we're pretty familiar with how the guardians came to be so this game kind of just picks up early off in the guardians career when they've just become heroes for hire they've done a few missions nothing galaxy saving yet but that's where this story comes in. You even get to hear some, uh, get to witness some events from Star-Lord's past, including uh, characters that he has interacted with before, uh, namely a particular love interest and her child. And there are some obvious implications there. The game does touch on that and really throws you for a loop. 
In fact, there's a reveal at the end that's actually, in my opinion, extremely effective. The story is honestly awesome. I mean, maybe that's the best part of this game is you've got this tale that is, again, not dissimilar to James Gunn's films. The characters do, you know, both resemble, act, and sound like their movie counterparts. Uh but at the same time, some characters have a little bit more depth because you're able to kind of uh, spend some time learning their background. It's not a very long game, but there is plenty to do to kind of stretch that experience out. And, and you even get to hear more of, you know, what it was like for Rocket as a test subject or, you know, what what did Peter do before he joined the Guardians? What was it like with the Ravagers? Or In this version, he spent four years in a Chitauri prison as a child, so... <laughs> The event in involving his mom dying is is also prevalent here, but uh, it's not that she got cancer. It's actually quite a bit different. And that story unfolds through uh, a set of flashback sequences that will occur uh, at, at certain points during the early story. You kind of get to piece more of that together. In fact, the game opens up with a flashback where you play as young Peter Quill with his mullet and his denim jacket. And uh, there's also this in-universe band called Star-Lord, and that's where he got his name. I thought that was really cool. And there's a whole track. I mean, there's a whole album of, of tracks dedicated to this in-universe band. And they're actually pretty good. In addition to that, though, there are lots of awesome 70s and 80s tracks. Definitely the kind of stuff you would see in the Guardians movies. In fact, I want to say there might have been a couple that, that they did share in common with James Gunn's films. But, uh, and yes... Rick Astley's never going to give you weapons in the game. <laughs> so you can get Rickrolled. One of the mechanics that involves the soundtrack, in addition to being able to listen to on the Milano, is the team huddle ability. I thought this was an ingenious mechanic that really allows you to turn the tables, so, uh, so to speak, when you're battling enemies. So when you've used the other Guardians enough and uh, you start to build up the meter, that when that meter fills you'll activate the team huddle ability, which you can use at any time. When you activate a team huddle, the Guardians all come towards you and, and gather around you, and they start to express how they feel. If it's a bit early in the fight and they haven't really taken any damage, you'll notice that they tend to be a little bit more cocky and uh, and, uh, and they're too a little just a little too confident and sure of themselves and you got to kind of tone them down a little bit if uh you know everyone's kind of down and it's a tough battle then you're going to hear them complain about that and talk about running away and there's even some in-between moods and what you have to do is listen to what they're telling you and a few keywords will pop up on screen as they say them and this gives you a clue as to what kind of a speech that you're going to give you have two options and either option is going to reference a lyric from a particular song and what if you guess correctly and you choose the correct speech which will usually contain some of the words that they mention and and just be more applicable to their situation then star lord and all of the guardians get an immediate boost their health is healed uh if they're down they're brought back up to life and uh and also there's no like a in like instant cooldown for all abilities for a set amount of time and there's some stat boosts and whatnot and you get to hear the song playing in the background it instantly changes to an amazing track and one of those can be the classic rick astley song it's awesome 
but there's also some other favorites that just it, it, it it's such a blast it's so much fun uh and 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 you know whenever you win that little team huddle it's so inspiring you hear the other guardians chant and yell if you happen to pick the wrong option then only star lord gets the boost but to be honest it was actually pretty easy to figure out usually one of those keywords is in there and it just seems more applicable oh they seem a little you know overconfident okay let's take them down a little you know oh they look like the battle is really hard and they want to run let's inspire them so it's not too difficult to figure out what to pick and and it really can turn the tide of the battle in your favor i am so proud of you do you know what a birthright is peter Something that's a part of you. Like your name. Gardeners of the Galaxy? What? No. Rocket. So I let Groot fill out the paperwork. So we got fined. We appear to be 6,963 units short. I know. We clearly need a plan. Some enemies have different weaknesses. In addition to being like weak, for instance, against stagger damage, uh, the elements that you'll create over the game are effective against certain enemies. There's a jelly-type monster that when you freeze it, will instantly kill it. Uh, there's enemies that are easier to electrocute, and uh, enemies that whenever you uh, that whenever you gain the win ability, you can bring them down to your level. And so that takes care of snipers and faraway enemies, or enemies that are weak against melee attacks. And then, of course, the plasma ability is going to be effective against certain cold-based enemies, as you might expect. So each chapter is 
I think, a, a reasonable length. Uh, and there's plenty to explore and do. If you open up Peter's visor, you can find collectibles in the environment and other costumes, including the 2014 film costumes. So you can actually play the characters in their MCU skins. Again, the uh, the costumes are already very reminiscent, but uh, you know this actually gives you the exact one. So, in particular, uh, Drax is almost exactly like his movie counterpart. Hell, they even ripped uh, Hovat and Chimera straight from James Gunn's films, which are the names of his wife and daughter. However, his species is named something different. He's called Katathian, and uh, they actually got a little bit into the Katathian warrior culture, and that's referenced a lot, and you end up going on one of their planets that's considered a, a pilgrimage for the, uh, or I guess a holy land in their pilgrimage. So that's a lot of fun, and really interesting to get through rocket is almost identical to his movie character he's even got kind of that bradley cooper voice he's got the accent and everything uh i guess the character that's most different is is star lord i want to say even though i love the chris pratt version of him i want to say i like this one just a little bit better his his voice actor at times is a little awkward but I think it kind of fits the aesthetic of Star-Lord. In addition, because you can pick some of the choices that he makes, you kind of get to craft the Star-Lord character a little bit the way that you want. And there are some options that, of course, to me felt more obvious to his personality, but uh, you can really actually kind of surprise everyone. And no matter which dialogue option you pick, it, it, it does feel in character. So I think that was really cool. One other thing is that the Guardians are constantly talking throughout the entire game. There's just banter they are always talking to the point that sometimes i would move forward a little bit too much and miss a little bit so sometimes you kind of kind of walk slow and explore things a little bit they're even they'll even start talking whenever peter ventures off the beat you know off the path and and goes towards you know some sort of collectible or item they'll start talking about him or, or ask him what he's doing and that leads to some rather humorous dialogue but the characters are just constantly bannering. It's it's just, it's so endearing. It's very much, again, in the spirit of the James Gunn films, but it's also its own story. And, and you hear the characters sort of make fun of Drax for taking everything so literally, or, you know, kind of uh, that whole dynamic that Rocket has with the team where <laughs> you know he loves them, but he'd never admit it. And you'll even be able to pitch in while you're moving around, you'll be able to pitch in a star Lord and pick an option or two that may not be totally drastic towards the story of the game, but it does allow you to kind of get an insight into uh, the characters over time throughout the story. Of course, you see this team become a family and actually start to trust each other and get to the point where they would do anything for each other. And like a family, of course, they still bicker and argue, but it's actually really cool seeing some of the characters at the beginning of the game totally distrust each other. And then, you know, and you're wondering, why the hell are they a team? Because, <laughs> again, you don't really you don't really find out, you know, what brought them together. They're just together at the start of the game. They don't trust each other, but evidently they seem to work well together. To be honest, the Guardians of the Galaxy in this game kind of seem to be a galactic joke. A lot of people you know, see them as uh, kind of this this more incompetent unit team. And <laughs> it's actually pretty interesting. Nobody takes them seriously. Hell, even the Nova Corps has them in the compendium as gardeners of the galaxy. <laughs> 
there are quite a few different references. If you've watched the movies, you'll you'll catch on to some of the special personalities and characters, but there's even some things for comic book lovers as well. In fact, uh, the Dweller in Darkness, who I believe showed up in the latest in the Shang-Chi movie, is in this one. And he's, that's actually a boss that you fight. Cosmo, the space dog, you know, who speaks telepathically with his Russian accent. He's a space dog, da. <laughs> Cosmo does not trust Guardian of Galaxies. And, and, and it's just so much fun. You're being led from one thing to another to another. The game sort of starts out on the gar- Guardians trying to hatch a plan to capture a monster to sell to Lady Hellbender. But when that plan goes awry, they get themselves caught up with the Nova Corps. And now suddenly they have a fine to pay in order to be able to, to, to progress. But very quickly into the story, things start to go awry. And so it becomes less about making this fine or trying to make a buck and more about, well, trying to save the galaxy. Characters will at times try to go off on their own. You know, you'll see Rocket and Groot kind of try to separate at one point uh drax has his own little character arc in fact every character does like i said get a special moment in the game that will later unlock an ability for them and this kind of happens in the the latter portion of the game i want to kind of want to say in in what you would consider act three Uh, there are 15 chapters in the game total is that a spoiler? I don't know. <laughs> kind of. You'll see what I mean if you beat the game. The ending is, is actually not what you would expect. You know, if you, if you enjoy post-credit scenes in the MCU, <laughs> I guess you'll know. You'll, you'll have an idea of what you're in for. But Guardians of the Galaxy is just... I won't want to repeat myself. I don't want to sound like a broken record, but it's so much fun. I couldn't stop playing the game. I constantly was wanting to get a little bit further and find out what was going to happen in the story and, and be able to have this experience. It's very much in the spirit of the films. And I mean, the game is a little glitchy. There was a, you know, I, I, I pre-ordered it. So I was playing day one and I, did, the game did crash a couple times. There are a couple odd bugs here and there where I would have to reload a checkpoint. But nothing game-breaking, nothing nearly as bad as Valhalla was. And I'm sure with patches, the game is going to get better. I mean, it feels like the game's development was sort of rushed, but maybe because this was sort of an experiment. You know, they're not really sure if this is going to kick off, take off or not. But I think it's pretty good. I thought it was even better than the, the Marvel's Avengers game. And uh, the reception seems to be at least moderately high. People are, are seeming to enjoy this game. You know, mixed mixed to high responses. I don't know how well it's been selling, but for me it was one of the highlights of E3. And, I mean, the Guardians of the Galaxy is one of my favorite superhero movie franchises. Uh, especially, you know, like the first film is, is one of my favorite MCU films of all time. Uh, probably my second favorite solo film behind Thor Ragnarok. And that's a tough call to make. <laughs> but if, if, if you enjoy the film, you'll definitely enjoy the game, I think. Because the characters are just are just very, very similar. But also you're in for, for you know, a unique experience. And, and a look at the Guardians that you may not have gotten before. 
I mean, it, it kind of makes sense. I think the other Telltale Guardians of the Galaxy game also had very similar uh, characters that are very similar to their their movie counterparts in both appearance and personality. And even the comics are taking that route as well because, let's face it, the MCU version of the Guardians of the Galaxy is is the only mainstream uh, appearance for them, right? It's the only, it's the, it's the one thing people think of. And as they rightfully should, James Gunn is a genius. I love what he's done with these characters that were just completely obscure before and turned them into, into new characters, you know, into, into characters as popular as any of the Avengers. So much so that, you know, they, they were an integral part of Infinity War and Endgame. Speaking of, Thanos. Where is Thanos? What's he up to? Well, the premise of the game is that Drax killed him. That's right. Drax the Destroyer killed Thanos, and he's actually a war hero. This game takes place after a, a civil war, uh, or a galactic civil war, so there's there was the... the I mean, is that a civil war? Maybe it's just a galactic war because it was the Chitari versus the Nova Corps. And one of the decisive moments of victory was Drax allegedly killing Thanos. Although even he has his doubts that that's actually, those are actually the events that transpired. And that becomes a, a focal point of the game later on. Gamora is also a character that switched sides. There was a point during the war where, you know, she kind of realized how wrong Thanos was and, and, and swapped and, and helped the resistance fight him. Out of the resistance grew the new Nova Corps and, uh, the, uh, the Zendarian world mine plays a big factor into the, into, uh, plays a big part in the game. But let me see what else. The graphics are great. Like I said, I played the game on PS4. It probably runs better on the PS5. Probably less glitches and whatnot as well, I would think. Or the loading times are kind of are kind of uh, heavy. You know, whenever you reload after you die or whatnot. Uh, but not too big of a deal. The a the pace of the game is. The pacing is perfect. I mean, the game just goes from one event to another, and you're constantly moving. If you end the game, it's probably because you just had something else to do, not because you got bored. <laughs> At least that was the case for me. But I guess there's not much else to say about Guardians of the Galaxy. If I wanted to get more into the game, we'd have to talk spoilers. But I highly, highly, highly recommend the game. I mean, this is a solid 4.5 out of 5 for me. It is a fantastic game. One of the best superhero games I've ever played. Uh, one of my favorite games that I've played this year just in general. And that's saying something. <laughs> but again, if you're a fan of the Guardians of the Galaxy, particularly James Gunn's version, you're going to love this movie. Groot is Groot. I mean... You're, Groot's not any different. He's Groot. He says, I am Groot. But even the other characters <laughs> are going to remind you. And you can even play in their movie skins if you like. There are plenty of other collectible skins as well. And uh, lore and things to pick up on. So it's a lot of fun. And it has a high replay value. Because, you know, the choices that you make in the game are going to make differences in the story. So you want to play it again and kind of see how the story is going to be altered. And... I think ultimately the end is the same no matter what, but what happens on the way of getting there can change depending on what uh, decisions that you make. 
So again, check it out. Uh, you can buy it digitally, or uh, I think it, there's a physical copy as well. It's well worth your money. So anywho, coming up next on Collateral Gaming, we are going to be talking about Metroid Dread once again. That's going to be our part two episode where we're going to go full spoiler. We're going to talk about the story. We're going to talk about the items that we loved and, and where this really fits among the other games in the Metroid franchise. So stay tuned for that. And then later on, we're going to be talking about the infamous Superman 64, one of the worst video games of all time, because we've got to do it. We've got to do bad games, at least one bad game a season, and it's about time we talked about Superman 64, so I'm really excited about those. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us some feedback on your platform of choice. We'd appreciate a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, find us on Podchaser if you would like to... Uh, support the podcast you can also find us on patreon and donate i believe we have one and five dollar tiers paying any amount of money will give you exclusive access to our full-length let's play video game commentaries we're also on good pod and you can check us out on our social media channels twitter instagram and facebook i try to be active with all of those I could be doing better work with the Twitter account, but we'll see. So you can find Collateral Gaming wherever you get your podcast, whatever you're listening to it on right now. We're also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and YouTube, just to name a few. And if you like Collateral Gaming and you also love movies, be sure to check out Collateral Cinema if you aren't already. That's kind of our mother podcast or sister podcast or parent podcast, whatever you want to call it. We're kind of a packaged deal. I believe uh, we will be talking about the Star Wars prequel trilogy for the month of November. It's actually a two-part episode, not dissimilar to how we usually structure our Collateral Gaming episodes, because we're talking about three games. Uh, we did that with the Spy Hearts podcast. It's actually already been recorded with my pick for the podcast, so very soon we should be releasing that. Expect Metroid Dread by next week. That's when I plan on releasing that, and then um, we'll go back to kind of our bi-weekly schedule. It's been a little hectic the last month of October, where Season 3 kind of bled into Season 4, but <laughs> what are you going to do about it? Our lives are busy, but I don't suppose there's a lot more for me to ramble on about. That being said, I've been Ashley Chancellor. This is Collateral Gaming, and we are out.
Collateral Gaming is a collateral media podcast. All music and game clips are owned by their respective creators and are used for educational purposes only. Please don't sue us. We're poor.